special event alert. Get out of the bathroom and run! This is Late for Changeover, your weekly space news and variety show. I'm Marty Smith and I'm joined by Big Burn, Mike Johns. All right, all right, all right. And our man in the closet, Jake Wall. What's going on, guys? We're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all guardians and to the other lesser branches as well. So take your seats, get informed, and have a laugh as we present Late for Changeover. Did you sign up for your OG guardian pin or something like that? You get brought into the original Legacy Guardian Oh, that's club. right. Yeah, that's right. We need to get there. I haven't. I haven't signed up yet. Maybe I'll go look. Maybe I'll go do that just to present. I'll be like, I present to you your yeah your grandfather Guardian. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I wanted to talk, and I'm going to talk about it next week. But I wanted to talk about. I wanted to continue on going to get my ID card last week. And the other thing that struck me is just walking around. I'm like, oh, that guy has a beard. Oh, that guy has a ball cap. Oh, that guy has a fucking Russian hat. <laughs> this guy yeah. has no beard. Oh, this guy has, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it, it was crazy amount. Um, well, I'll talk about it now. I just couldn't find the picture. Do you remember years ago when they sent that meme out about, I think it was a National Guard. It was like some National Guard group photo. Remember that? And like the nine like, different uniforms. Yeah, yeah. It was like five oh, different yeah. uniforms, four different headgear, and one fat yeah. uh, colonel standing on the side. She, well, she had her hands in her pockets. And she had her hands. That's yeah. right. That's right. She had her hands in her pockets. And I was like, oh, that's so true, right? But now, <clears throat> look at the active duty, how far, how far that circle has come back. And now the active duty doesn't have one fucking uniform that they can all... You know, I mean, no. somebody has a fleece, somebody has a Gore-Tex on, somebody has tennis shoes. Well, of course, that was... Well, that was well not only that, but, like, just even the blouses, Yeah, there's summer weight and winter weight, but summer weight don't have any pockets. Oh, they don't? Like, on the, no, because I was given a... I, I gave this poor kid a hard time. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on with that blouse? It was my uniform top. I was like, yeah. I go, is that a maternity blouse, man? You got no pockets. What's up with this? He's like, what do you mean? I go, maternity blouses. They don't have any pockets. Yours doesn't have any pockets. I go, I can understand the pants, but I don't understand the pockets. <laughs> He's like, these are these are warm weather, man. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Bullshit. He probably had on maternity weights. And just he probably did. He's like, oh, I mean, <laughs> how could you enforce anything nowadays, right? If a guy wanted to wear like the maternity uniform, he's like, I'm, I'm feeling pretty pregnant today. He'd be like, No, you're not. Get back in uniform. And be like, uh, fucking EO, I'm complaining. You know, I mean, God, how many people are, bloaty. are are too feeling shy? A little bloaty. To, yeah. So uh, I'll try to find that picture for next week, man, because that's, that's such a classic dig on the guard and reserves. And now, Active duty is just it is active it's duty. Out, it's out but of control. This is the standard old man argument of back in my day, we didn't have any beards or any uniforms. We all wore the same green olive drab uniforms with the velcro on them. You know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But it's uh, but it's funny because I the fully understand duty was making that making fun of the garden reserve and now they have yeah. become the garden reserve oh absolutely that's, that's what I, that's yeah. What I, um, yeah and you, you know you can't offend anybody who's currently in because they're like yeah it's comfortable i like not shaving you know, it's yeah. nice i like not shaving i like not polishing i like no yeah. brasso i like no y'all, y'all know what's no up with the beard thing hail odin you gotta be a <laughs> religious waiver <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what all of them are, but I know the religious waiver. It's it's a religious the religious waiver. Viking, the Viking religion, yes. Well, there there's the religious waiver, there's the health thing with the bumps, right? You know, there's yeah, yeah but and all yeah, of that always taken, had a problem. But all of that's taken to the maximum extreme. Because nobody's yeah, gonna shut I, it down, 
right? Dude, I always had a problem with somebody with a shaving waiver and their their stuff, those guys that had bumps on their throat that you could see from like sure, yeah, 20 right. yards away. That you're like, Jeez. right, right. Those other guys that were like clean shaven, lined up, lined up. You're yeah. like, mm, yeah, okay. It's like, oh, you edged. Is that does yeah. that make the bumps go away if you yeah the bumps and then if anything you should just have a neck beard because that's where all the bumps are yeah, anyway exactly right? Like, exactly right well well we had uh, throat we had, beard turtleneck remember when we had Rob Smith on there he's like that's all bullshit right he goes I'm oh. black I didn't get bumps I you just yeah. fucking shave it so but it's it's as soon as you crack that door it's going to be taken full advantage of right. Just like yep. a Denif on a Thursday afternoon. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, I thought this came out. Uh, I thought this was interesting, too, because last week uh, I, I, you know, I play Call of Duty mobile, you know, for, yeah, it's it's nice. You can play little five minute matches and stuff like that. And I get, yeah. uh, Mike, you said you saw this in Reddit. So I, I'd love to hear yeah. what you saw on Reddit. But I get the little alert. You know, and, the, and a message, you know, some of the messages are, hey, we're doing maintenance or, you know, you you won this, yeah. you know, 10 credits or whatever, something. So I get this you alert. Got smoked by a nine-year-old. I know. I know. And, and I always mute it because it's always like, dang, dang, dang. and I was like, how old is this Indonesian <laughs> kid who's just fucking kicking my ass? Mm. Uh, so I get that, right? That's the yeah. message I get. Your fresh start is just a step away. And I'm like, oh, oh. look at that. What's, <laughs> what's that all about? Oh, and everybody so I open up fresh the, start. I open up the message, and this is the message. Ready for an even brighter future? It starts here. Looking for a new challenge, a rewarding career, and an even brighter future? The U.S. Air Force has everything you need to get started. Here you have the power to build the future you truly strive for with hundreds of careers to choose from and educational opportunities. And you get an unmatched benefits package with low to no cost health care, tuition assistance, cash bonuses, and more. Ready to take the leap? Oh, I'll press go. And I get yeah. the special operator guy, right? Oh, that sounds exciting. And then uh, if you watch a video, you get like uh, some token to draw for some uniform or something like that. Here's the commercial yeah. that they run on it. There are times when you run into the fire and times when it's up to you to bring it. Ooh. Bring it. I know. Bring We're it. The ones who bring it. Look what he's calling in, Jake. <laughs> Always. We bring the full power of the U.S. Air Force to the fight. Tactical air control. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, at first I was like, are you kidding me? Um, but you start thinking about it and you're like, you know, this guy's sitting here playing call of duty. Yeah. He's like, oh, sure. yeah, but the only ones they advertise are tack peas and combat controllers. Well, like, yeah. Well, I mean, they can watch playing them out of the pipeline and then put them wherever they want. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Call of Duty doesn't include supply. <laughs> you know, it's not cool. Like warehouse management, where's this creative stuff? Yeah, you know? they. I mean, well, once your once your uh, vehicle gets blown up, they don't show the maintainer coming out there and like yeah. patch this yeah, thing exactly. up. It's like son of a bitch. Gosh dang it! Your mission yeah. for the next sixteen hours is to replace yeah. this panel. <laughs> yeah, you're a security additional duty. <laughs> Come on. You got You got to put the flashlight back in the toolbox correctly. Yeah. What's the What's the vehicle inspection form? Feel this out. You know, I had a guy in the army, a private. Uh, he He turned in their vehicle inspection uh, form was a dash ten, right? Every vehicle yeah, 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 had a dash ten, and he would turn it in. He would wait for like twenty minutes, and he would turn it in. Uh, you know, no faults detected. I was like, "How the fuck do you do that that fast?" And he's like, "Well, take it. You get your hands a little." dirty you crumple it you don't you don't crumple it like this but you fold it you know like you've gripped it a lot <laughs> and uh, then you sign off on it it looks like you've gone through the checklist and i'm like son of a bitch, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <Nice>. you said <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, uh, like I said, at first I thought, oh, these cornballs, man. But then I was like, that's whoever came up with that is creative as shit. Well, so, think of the moved. return on investment. It was probably relatively inexpensive to run that ad. And then yeah. think about how many people right. have their phone in their hands and are playing that game. It's got to be one of the most popular games that's out there. Yeah. And you uh, see a real life depiction of what I what I'm doing, uh, you know, digitally yeah. here. And then maybe I could do and, and if they wash out of combat control or pararescue, they're just going to go into a different career field. Sure. So. They can go combat camera like Ron Demon did. Yeah, they, Ron, if you're listening, I just uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he told us that he said that. Yeah, but he didn't wash out. I know he got hurt. So. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a there's a lot of fun jobs in the Air Force though, like a lot of kind of cool jobs. It was interesting though going back to getting my cat card or my ID ID card. You know the guy who's sitting there helping me. He's Air Force, right? Yeah. Because he's got the stupid gold letters. And, and I always think, I was like, God, you dumb. What is what it? Is it? I can't <laughs> read you can't read it. <laughs> Not a thing. Um, Marty's, Marty's over here like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm way up on him like this. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, what? Do you want to get away from my breast? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to read your name, dude. Um, <laughs> and I said, "How? what are the plans for all the support functions for Space Force? And he said, nope, Space Force not getting them. Nope. They're like the Marine Corps. Yep. I yep. was like, oh, yep. that was the best explanation I've ever gotten. Nerd department of the Air Force. Yeah, right. So the, all these guys are going to get sliced off doing Space Force jobs or supporting mm-hmm. Space Force, but being Air Force. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get out of the news. Uh, I remember when I joined the Air Force and I went to. I think what it was called was IQT back then in 2000, 2001, whatever it was. I think it was IQT. Right? Well, it was, and then it, it changed was, to EUST and then it changed to Space 100. Well, it went it went through. It was fundamentals, orbital it was, mechanics. It was and, ESOT when I got there in early 2000, which was enlisted space operator training. All right. Maybe it was ESOT. Maybe it was. And then ESOT. it went to ESPT. And those were yeah. all. They right. were all IQTs, initial qualifying trainings. Okay. Um, all right. But yeah, they they changed it. It, it was ESOP. I just I couldn't remember the original name, and then it went to EUST. Now I think it's Space One Hundred, or I, I'm not sure, but ESOP. Very good. Thanks, Mike. And when I got there, I think I went late 2000 or early 2001. But that movie, remember that movie, Enemy of the State. With yep. Will Smith oh, and yeah. Gene Hackman, yep. right? That was only yep. like a couple years old. And this was before I knew anything about space. And you're watching that movie, and they're moving satellites to follow them around town, you know? They're like, oh, the satellites, zoom in over here so we can get a better look at them. And get that wire diagram of that building. And you're like, wow, we really can do a lot of stuff. And then you start going through orbital mechanics, and you're like, we can't do any of this stuff. What are you talking about? It doesn't work crazy. like that. You just used all the fuel oh. ever assigned <laughs> to that vehicle in one maneuver. You just made it into a rock. Well done. Yeah. Uh, well, that dovetails into this first story from Aerospace Forces Magazine. So uh, are you guys ready to have your sons join the Space Force to be gas station attendants? That's what I want to set you up for, right? Fuels. When it, <laughs> when it comes to refueling satellite space force faces hard choices. Yeah. Now that's a little misleading because they don't they don't face any hard choices yet, right? They're just talking about the nozzle or the receptacle. So as Pentagon Space Force's leaders plan for future dynamic space ops where satellites can maneuver as needed and get refueled to prolong their service lives. Uh, Industry leaders are preparing to deploy new technology and finalizing their concepts of operations for what they agree is an incredibly hard mission area in orbit. Refueling in orbit. Refueling requires some kind of port or interface for satellites to receive fuel. The Pentagon has extensive requirements, of course, for such receptacles for aerial refueling, but standards for a satellite equivalent are still being hashed out. 
On January 29th, Northrop Grumman announced that Space Systems Command had selected its Passive Refueling Module, or PRM, as a preferred refueling solution interface standard. Lauren Smith, Northrop's Program Manager for In-Space Refueling, told Air and Space Forces Magazine that the plan is to have the PRM flying on satellites in orbit by 2025. They're gonna have a they're gonna have a nozzle on there or a uh, a locking gas cap. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> but they had some demos and something like at the space symposium last year. Did they really? Yeah, they okay. had that kind of stuff. And then I went to the UK space symposium and they were discussing that also. I mean, I understand that's that's a really easy thing to add into the design. It's it, like, oh, here's the gas tank. Yeah. Okay. We don't know what's coming into it. Well, and they're doing rendezvous options all the time with the ISS. Sure. You know, the Dragon sure. goes up there, what, once a month and yeah. docks in right. to resupply and all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing. You just need gas, and then you put the gas in the spacecraft. And I understand. They got to come up. And, and this reminds me uh, a little bit in a second, I'll tell you. But they got to come up with some kind of standard, right? Some kind mm-hmm. of industry standard. And it reminds me of uh, um, Tropic Thunder, right? When what's his name is explaining the the difference between beta and and VHS and why porn went with VHS because it's easier and he he did that whole diatribe about both competing technologies and how VHS won because of porn. Yeah. This is what this story reminds me of. Maybe that's a little far fetched, but I think you understand where I'm coming. It's a bit from. of a reach, but we'll give it to you. Really, it is. I mean, you got to decide on the right. Uh, but, it, but it's something that needs to be done, right? Sure, because right. fuel is what limits a lot of our longevity up there. Uh, know, I would argue or, more technology. Like, we're, we're not replacing well, spacecraft because we're running out of fuel. We're replacing spacecraft because the technology has advanced so far forward that the technology we were using five years ago is now obsolete. And even if you were to go up and refuel a DSP satellite, let's take the movement out of it and all that kind of stuff, you have much better sensors that you could strap onto a new one and launch and get more capability out of it now as opposed to just refueling it. Well, sure. But yeah, but, but using DSP as an example, we, we all know that the majority of the jumps in technology came from actual software updates. Right, and that's they had sensors yeah. that yeah. were way advanced, but we couldn't process that amount of data. We can't, pro- you know, all the all the information's just pumping down. We we don't have the speed to process that. You know, I, I, so software technology was jumping. It would be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I would imagine that uh, Mio or Leo satellites would need more fuel to stay up longer to course correct, right? Because they're always having to to fix those orbits. Geos don't fix the orbits that much, right? But yeah, some of those other ones, like GPS do, they're constantly orbit correcting. Yeah. Uh, and that not to, not to mention NRO or any of those satellites that, you know, are pulling up wire diagrams on buildings and stuff. You know, they got to zoom yeah. around here and there. According so, to Will Smith. According to Will Smith. Uh, an SSC official later told Space News that the, that, SSC selection did not mean that Space Force would use just the PRM interface exclusively. And an executive with a company called OrbitFab, a startup that has developed its own port called the Rapidly Attachable Fluid Transfer Interface, or RAFTI, told Air and Space Force's magazine that its interface will go on Space Force satellites too. So... Even though SSC said, hey, this is a standard, uh, I guess we can, we're going to use other ones too? Well, commercial applications and stuff like that. So that this is the Rafty, all right, from the company OrbitFab. I, I, it's an interesting picture, yeah. but I don't, I, I don't know if, that, if one site, I don't know how it works. Just, but it does say Rafty right here. So <laughs> for what that's worth. Um, hey, so yeah. I'm on their I'm on their Orbit Fab website. Yeah, and uh, it literally I'm looking at it and I scroll down a little bit and it's like backed by Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin. And I was like, oh, well, wait the a same minute. company. Yeah, Northrop Space just Fund came up with Bolt. their own. 
So, um, this, uh, who is this guy, Smith? Um, they said Northrop will retain the intellectual property rights to the PRM, but the government, which helped fund the technology's development, will have usage rights and can distribute the technical specifications to other contractors who will not have to pay a licensing fee. Harris said Rafty by OrbitFab, quote, is available for 30 grand to anyone that wants refueling. <laughs> it's just like, mm-hmm. I'll sell to any of you guys. Give us 30 grand, we'll sell it to you. Uh, between Rafty and PRM, more refuelable satellites will lock, likely launch in the coming years. It is interesting. It would be uh, interesting to go over, you know, uh, maybe I'm too locked into DSP and, you know, the beds and shooting hydrazine, hydrazine and all that stuff. Pump in the plenum. Uh, yeah, the plenum tanks, right? Pump in the plenum. <laughs> but uh, it would be interesting to see what, what, what fuel, are they talking about main thrusters? They talking about position. I'm sure it's something decomposed hydrazine. I don't know. It's going to be some low level station keeping maneuver fuel. It's not going to be. It's not going to be solid rocket boosters or anything. But it is interesting because usually uh, all these satellites have enough fuel for their planned life, service life. Yeah. Right. And at the end of that service life, usually the technology, like we talked about earlier, that they went up with. Is already superseded, but I guess keeping a satellite limping around while refueling it saves millions in launching a replacement, I suppose. But you depending got on its application for like comsats, it would make sense because oh yeah, you know, yeah sure. if you're up there doing yeah. you know internet service at geo, right. um, you could be doing that for 20 years and not really have to upgrade the technology. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are very useful applications for it. I'm not shitting on it in any way. But I would say in my experience, most satellites get replaced because of their sensor systems being um, obsolete right. as opposed to loss of fuel. But then I thought... I Man, thought... They're, they're talking about, like on their website, they're talking about having multiple fuel depots up there. Oh, yeah, I'm getting to that. I'm and then, that. hold and, on. Oh, okay. I'm getting to that. Um, the cislunar ones, too. You mean no, that makes sense. Straight lunar or no? Oh, cis, cis? Like uh, literally putting oh, a not, fuel depot around not, the, orbiting the moon. Oh, I thought you're not heterosexual. Then, you meant not cis. heterosexual. Uh, okay. I don't <laughs> know what that <laughs> cis means. But no, the cis lunar ones is orbiting <laughs> the moon. A fuel depot o- orbiting the moon, and then Thanks, the man. other the other that. one coming back down and refueling stuff. Um, so. <clears throat> The actually doing the refueling is another story, and Northrop and OrbitFab are already taking different approaches. OrbitFab's plan is to have operational fuel depots, or what it calls gas stations in space. So in the next few years. But the depots themselves won't refuel satellites. Instead, they will stay in place, and shuttles, quote-unquote, will maneuver between the two so that the client, such as the Space Force, doesn't have to burn fuel getting to the depot it's not only burning fuel i mean you take a satellite out of its you take let's just talk geo for a second you take a geosat out of its orbit to get it back into its position that's months or weeks or whatever yeah it, is. it can that take takes a long forever, time right? yeah. yeah so yeah you don't want that thing coming out of its position uh, at least I wouldn't want to if I was a commander. Well, and uh, from a from an ops cap perspective, you don't probably don't want to take it out of mission. Uh, yeah, Especially right, right, absolutely. Or willing to come to you and give you yeah. gas. I mean, yeah. fuck it. Very good. So there's Orbit Fab's artist rendering of its Ooh. gas station in space, right? I like it. And here are three E threes in here going. Fuck. Get, <laughs> yeah, the orbital six mechanics. Of this. <laughs> Bunch oh, yeah. of cowboys coming up for gas. <laughs> but uh, I've, I'm interested to see. So I, I like the idea because I think it could really advance some technologies out in space. You know, just having this on orbit capability sure. there. Yeah, would, absolutely. You know, open up so many different avenues to innovation and stuff. It's it's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, it's just more traffic, right? 
Man, can you imagine the complexity of the rendezvous ops though that they're talking about with the shuttle with that little fuel shuttle? I don't satellite? know, man. I, I, it seems like man, uh, we didn't recover our stages of our rocket because it was too difficult. So we just, you know, the early parts of the yeah. space program, we just let them burn in or we let them crash into the ocean. Uh, Elon said, "Hey, I can pinpoint land this thing on a freighter." In the middle of the ocean, so if he's doing that with atmosphere, it would almost seem yeah. easy to come up there and do a docking maneuver. Docking maneuvers over—I mean, that was the biggest thing. Well, and there again, the, they uh, do that every month. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. With right, with right. the ISS, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, meanwhile, in the same release announcing the PRM selection, Northrop revealed that it had received a contract from Space Systems Command to develop. Now, here you go. The geosynchronous auxiliary support tanker, or mm-hmm. the gas T, a spacecraft that will have enough fuel to maneuver between satellites and refuel them. So this whole thing is going to go satellite to satellite to satellite. So this, I know it's a terrible picture of it, but this is the artist rendering of Northrop Grumman's gas T. <laughs> and I think this is the satellite, and I think it's connecting up to it or something like that. I would imagine they had a much better name for that, but then the lieutenant that came up with it got yelled at because he needed something that the general could remember very easily. Right. Or the lieutenant came up with it and they're like, that's the dumbest idea. And some general goes, hey, gas tea, I like it. And they're like, well, that fucking lieutenant guy, that's going <laughs> to stick now. That's going to stick. So uh, exciting things for uh, those who have a fuels AFSC, if you will. Right. Yeah, uh, shout out to Sean Fishburne, former uh, Fuley, right there. <laughs> yeah, look at look what your grandchildren are going to get to do. They're going to yep. get to go up there. You know, there was a there was a terrible there was a terrible terrible show I remember watching as a kid. I think it was <laughs> late seventies, maybe early eighties, and it was called Far Out Space Nuts. You can look it up. It had uh, I think Gilligan was in it. John, uh, Bob Denver was in it. And nice. it had like a skipper character, and these two guys were were uh, trash trucks in space, and they had a they had a spacecraft that the front of it would open up like a trash truck, and then they would just, I guess they were just throwing trash out into space, and these guys' job was to go around and, and collect it. That's what this story's all about, right? That's that's going to be the next big thing we need to solve is the trash up there. You oh know, god. But no but nobody police wants nobody's got police random them. satellites coming close to their satellites, you know. Right. But who's gonna so. go up there and, and collect it up? And be like, I will for a trillion. <laughs> yeah. It waste, that, well, waste well, technology, technologies like this, you know, if you if you have these uh these gas, you know, pumpers, whatever you want to call them, going up there yeah. and rendezvousing with other satellites, they could probably go up rendezvous and, attach and then pull them back down for yep. I, I would imagine these things are relatively expendable and once you start making it you know financially feasible you can start doing that and this this is that technology jump that innovation that'll you know an yeah. idea like this will start so yeah. yeah if it gives it i mean it would even just have to give it a push if they just pushed some of that stuff down down it burn I mean, it right yeah yeah because I mean, if it's taking fuel over to that location, it's refuelable itself. And then just so, one big boost and then the opposite boost and let it fly. If you are a believer in extraterrestrial and UFOs and all that stuff, you think they're flying to this like, look at this garbage, all this shit all over their planet. No, they, probably, they probably have garbage all over their planet, too. <laughs> That's why <Yeah>. they're here. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, we I really hope these humans figure this shit out so we can take it back and... Uh, let's move on to more hype news for the space force space force Mm. space force right this is from business insider thank you jake space force is sending one of its guardians into space for the first time in its history it's four-year history uh the u.s space (laughs) force is sending its first member into space uh colonel nick haig is set to pilot a NASA mission to the International Space Station as early as August. 
Uh, and there's our man. There he is, Nick. Uh, right. Two NASA astronauts and a Russian cosmonaut will join the Crew-9 mission aboard the Dragon, a SpaceX spacecraft. Upon arrival at the ISS, Haig will pivot to serve as a flight engineer. The crew will conduct a wide-ranging set of operations and research activities for the duration of their more than six-month mission. Seeds. We're doing seeds. That's all we're doing. Remember? Nice. Seeds. Seeds experiments. Uh, this will be Haig's first launch as a Space Force Guardian, but his third launch in total. He transferred from the Air Force to the Space Force in 2021, according to his NASA profile. So he's already been to space twice before. You know. Yeah. Good yeah. on him. That's badass. But Space Force is like, hey, we're finally sending one of our guys to space. The first, first Space Force guy. Now, I wonder if the other services are going to start having to do that. If the Space Force is going to wrestle that away and say, no, if you're going to have an astronaut go, he needs to transfer over for at least X that's period a good of point. time. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Because, I mean, all um, the services have astronauts now. and uh, Do they? Yeah. But once I mean, they go into the astronaut program, like NASA's astronaut program. Yeah, but you're still, you're still considered a military member. Well, I mean, we've, I, all, we've all seen... Uh, Independent, not Independence Day. What's the other one? Uh, <laughs> with Bruce Willis and uh, Armageddon. Oh, Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon. There you go. You need someone on there with the weapons. And the military guys are the only ones qualified. Well, um, that's a good point. I mean, uh, it hasn't been since like the Apollo program that you're like, oh, all they took all these pilots to, and made them astronauts. Now, you don't have to be a pilot to be an astronaut. So, no. um, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but it seems like the Space Force is trying awfully hard to market itself. Like they have the like the leaders have this need to go get us out there. Tell the public about us. Uh, I mean, shit. It was uh, I mean, this colonel's already been to space three times, but Space Force is like, hey, our first Space Force guardian is like, ah, it's old. I'm getting bored of it, you know. Uh, in October last year, remember they had the article out about the first Space Force to complete Ranger School? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay. Why is he doing that? But all right, good, good on him. Um, it just seems like they're they're trying so hard, like little brother, you know? They're just, we got to tell us tell them how good Space Force is. And then, uh, you know, I don't know why I didn't cover this, um, but Space Force in January... They announced their 2023 Polaris Award service level recipients. So the Polaris Award, remember writing annual awards? Remember how pain in the ass that was, right? Quarterly awards yeah. was bad enough. But if you had a guy who was, oh, I were putting them up for annual, go add two pages to this thing. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> All right, what did you do? I got Habitat for Homeless. What else did you do, right? <laughs> well, the Polaris Awards... <laughs> The Polaris Award is an annual awards program uh, that is built from the four guardian values of character, connection, commitment, and courage. There are four individual award categories representing each value and a team excellence category that signifies all four values. So they have the Character Award, the Connection Award, the Commitment Award, the Courage Award, and the Team Excellence Award. All different awards, right? Hmm. So now, Jake, I need you to write a commitment award. There we on, go. On uh, Sergeant Johns. All right. I need that uh, probably by tomorrow, CLB or CLD. Right? You, the only commitment lot. award I, <laughs> the, I always think of when I heard commitment is that Team America World Police when he's like, get in the limo, prove your commitment. <laughs> he's like, suck my. <laughs> You're like, whoa! <laughs> That's the only commitment award that person's getting. <laughs> well, and he may have gotten the courage award from that too. So, well, that's a given, yeah. But now you got to write all these awards, and uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go over the award winners, so because I, you know, good on them for winning the award is not there. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Was, uh, holy shit! It's just like space forces. Like, just calm down. Just do your shit. 
Right? You don't need to tout. But that's how that's how Air Force Space Command was too. It's like we got to prove ourselves to the prove. rest of the Air Force, yeah. the yeah. pilots and the cops and the maintainers and all those guys. We got to show that space is bad, and that carried over into Space Force. Yep. Now they're like, we got to, we got to show the first Guardian who has ever rode a horse. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's I'm sure it's a tale as old as time, right? And yeah. uh, I suppose, but I, I just don't see the Army or the Navy. Definitely oh, not they, the they're Marines. doing their bullshit, too. They're yeah. doing their bullshit, too. They've got all this same nonsense. I can remember when an awards package came down, and it was some excellence in space thing. But, I mean, the people that won it were, like, astronauts. And <laughs> the, the DO <laughs> came to me and was like, hey, I want to put in this airman for this award. So I was like, oh, Jesus. So I go right. in, you know, I grab her I grab her annual package, and I, you know, gather some things, start putting things together. But then I looked into the actual award and some of the recipients, these people have been to the moon. It was like, dude, <laughs> like I seriously can't submit this award in good faith. Like no matter how good this airman was and how great of she did 16 hours with Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, it, it, it's not going to. You're competing not, against Johnny Kim, the Navy SEAL astronaut pilot doctor. doctor did yeah. you submit the award or not? No. <laughs> Oh. I told him if you wanted to do it, here's all the here's all the stuff. You knock yourself out. I've got some integrity here, and I'm not going to do it. I tried that one time, and I almost got sent home from a foreign country. Because <laughs> I told my commander, I was like, "Well, I'm not going to put anybody in for quarterly awards. We just got here. They're just doing their no. job." I was on vacation with you that time. I'm going to send you back, Sergeant Smith. I'm say, you son of a bitch. <laughs> So Meanwhile, I, I'm like <laughs> throwing. <laughs> uh, you know, throwing it, it, and part of that is just it. so mid-level commanders can say, "Hey, I've I've submitted my guys, right?" And it's just well, like, and that's oh, what I yeah, that's that was the thing. Like, time. I knew I was right, and if they came down on me, that I would be like, "Look, this is not in the true spirit of this award." And there again, if you guys want to submit somebody for, you know for squadron you know if you want to do it for the squadron's overall benefit knock yourself out but i'm not going to waste my time or her time or anybody else's time doing this shit well maybe that's and, why uh, they chose what's his name over you mike maybe. yeah there you go you were playing uh, ball mm -hmm. that's I'm why like, i got that's why i got shit on too so i don't know i just we, i just we got uh, shit on because we're already cranky that's <laughs> what i i i think Space speaks for itself, even though, you know, the rest of the services make fun of it, even though Eric, if he was here, would make fun of it. Uh, but yeah. they, they, I mean, the things that space does is pretty, pretty cool, pretty badass, pretty interesting stuff. And, and, and it's all behind the scenes. I mean, it's support to support. You know, there's, there's, and it's not, it's not going to be until space gets offensive capability. That people will be like, holy shit, Space Force Madness. They could send the space laser down and kill 100,000 people at a time. You're like, yes, that's right, goddammit. Until that we, point, we don't have to keep proving ourselves as a force. And this, that, we, this is what this sounds like. We've had that discussion, though. It's the mentality of we have to be a warfighter. Yeah. And it's right, right, nobody right. can be support anymore. Right. You're like, dude, you know, for whole, every trigger pulling yeah. individual, there's. Two dozen people like Intel and freaking support and medical and all. I mean, there's sure all you, those give them, people you give them those that are uh, essential to that one person pulling right? that trigger. And they issue those you know? damn VR goggles out to all those guys that rely on that satellite connection. And they'll be yeah. like, Space Force, you suck. And they're like, hey, what's wrong with my GPS? This thing doesn't work. So. Yeah, they'll appreciate it when that happens. Well, how many times did you guys see KIA on a Space Guys awards oh. package or EPR or some shit? Uh, or sortie. Sorties yeah. were bad, too, right? He flew so many sorties. I loved writing in sorties, though. I, I wrote sorties uh, all the time. KIA. Just... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was dumb. Uh, anyway, uh, good on Colonel Haig. No, no offense to Colonel Haig, but it's just yeah, uh, yeah. Space Force should just take a step back. Just be the silent, confident guys. That's what I would like to see Space Force be. Instead Girl, of like, oh, like, like the little brother. Hey, look what we got. Look what we got. And, they, you know, they even have uh, – they've, they've put out that call 
set that you could go to SEAL or like Ranger or any of those cards. Why would a Space Force person need to do that? Other than just so Space Force could say, hey, we've got a Space Force SEAL. Credibility <laughs> in that community, like, I guess. He's never going to. He, he's, he wasted you know? all that military uh, training time and money, and he's never going to do it. You know? So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, let's go, let's go on to, uh, let's go on to another benefit provided by your U S military, right? Uh, from task asbestos cancer link toxins reported in air force nuclear bases. How long for days, for weeks, for months? No, for years. <laughs> uh, let's see. So this one, Oh, geez. I can you see that? I nope. hope not, because I just screwed my whole screen up. Um, nice. This, uh, the Air Force is currently investigating its nuclear it's launch silos. <laughs> uh, it's, it's investigating its nuclear launch silos for potential cancerous risks, but the service has been aware of toxic dangers at the facilities for years. Years. Uh, as most stories that we do on this on this show, right? So that's, I think that's uh, Minot. You know, that's uh, that's the capsule. Have anybody? Have either of you guys ever been in that? No, no. I've never even seen them either. I've just seen pictures of them. I've never no, it says them. it's Malmstrom. Oh, it's Malmstrom. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, right? was it Minot, My Malmstrom, and Effie? The other one, Effie. Yeah. Yeah, Effie Warren. Um, according to a new report by the Associated Press, uh, the AP obtained several Air Force documents dating back decades through a FOIA request. The documents show that not only did the Air Force know of the dangers many chemicals in the nuclear missile bases posed, there had been repeated leaks or spills that impacted personnel in the launch control centers at that facilities, which is what you're looking at, the entrance to one of those <coughs> facilities now. Um, let me remove that. Go back to that. That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the ground-based ICBMs are located at three facilities in the Midwest, Effie Warren, Malmstrom in Montana, Minot in North Dakota. Documents obtained by the AP found internal reports of asbestos urgently marked priority from 1992, as well as... <laughs> Reports of asbestos leaks in missile silos in 1989. One incident in 1987 saw a leak of polychlorinated biphenol, or PCBs, in the form of a sticky, oozing substance causing headaches and nausea among those impacted. So there's a, there's a joke so in the there. PCBs, right? Yeah, exactly. The sticky oozy. The PCBs. <laughs> We didn't know that those were gonna kill everybody. Right? No, we until, didn't. Even, yeah, they just until what? We didn't know 2000s. they were forever chemicals, right? But we've known asbestos. asbestos. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, that's the thing. We've, yeah, we've known, known asbestos. asbestos is killing people since the nine, <laughs> like since early nineties, and they're still like, mm, it's a priority. Let's file it appropriately. Hey, the asbestos that's covering this lead door is scraping off. Maybe we should report that. It's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, you'd, you'd have people doing a 20-year career. You could it's, as uh, a missile maintainer. And it, and it, and it sucks that uh, those in command didn't know, right? I mean, we didn't, like you said, we didn't really know the effect of PCBs until... 20, 30 years later, and then they're like, hey, I'm getting cancer. I'm like, whoa, this PCB thing must be a problem. But they didn't know back then. Now that's, yeah. you know, maybe they should have known. I don't know. I don't know how you'd know if you don't know. But now it's coming Now it's coming home to roost. So launch control centers, or LCCs, located dozens of feet underground, are crewed around the clock with crews spending hours inside a confined space with the risk of exposure to toxic chemicals. I think they spend 24 hours down there, don't they? Isn't yeah. that one of their uh, shifts? Yeah. They've, they've changed up their alerts time and time. There were 72-hour alerts for a period of time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so their, their alert schedules change. I don't know what it is now. So, But that but they're down there for a day or maybe more. Yeah. Um, 
in the last year, several former personnel came forward saying they had developed cancer. In response, the Air Force launched a series of measures to test the current LCCs, uh, launch control centers, and to see how many people were impacted by the hazardous material. Earlier this summer, Air Force Global Strike Command, which oversees, which is a badass name. That's a great name, right? Air Force Global Strike, which oversees the nation's intercontinental ballistic missiles, said that it had detected two cases of elevated levels of PCBs in the LCCs at Minot and Malmstrom. A cleanup of all three nuclear facilities was ordered. A December update by Air Force Global Strike Command found that four instances of elevated levels of PCBs have been detected in the LCCs at Malmstrom and F.E. Warren. Additionally, the service is trying to accurately count exactly how many current or former missile personnel developed cancer. That expanded survey was announced earlier this month going beyond people who work directly in the LCCs to the wider group that worked on ground-based nuclear missiles. So cops, maintainers, mm-hmm. all those guys. Um, and, and, you know, I wonder if they're – I wonder how many of these guys are reporting to the VA and they're like, hey, I got cancer from something. Now, and and they're like, well, prove it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so they do a they do a report like this, and God knows when it's going to be done. But when they come out and they're like, this uh, direct contact with this stuff has caused cancer, that's just going to flood, right? And rightfully so, those guys should do it. But then you're going to fight with the insurance agents called the VA to try to get oh. claims. So you're you're going to have a class action lawsuit and wonderful commercials or, you yeah, know, right. Were right. you a member of the missile community in 1994 uh, to 2008? I should have categorized you know? all these because that's it. That brings me right back to the Camp Lejeune water thing. The the was it Red Hill, the fuel leak, right? The fuel. Uh, was it Red Hill or something like that? I ran across well, another Hickam, one. The base house. Yeah, the got, Hickam. Yeah, right? Hickam. Then uh, I ran across another one where I think the Marines uh, were finding a claim because of like cockroach-infested barracks. <laughs> it's just like, damn. Well, and there was an there was That's an article out here the other That's day on the PCBs. You know, any any Air Force base with, or any military base with a flight line was using those for years for yeah, uh, right. fire control. And uh, well, uh, so, yeah, the the foam. We did that yeah. one. We did that story yep. with the foam. Uh, the guys over in Turkey with the with the black oozing stuff that's that's they couldn't figure out what that was and they're like yeah hey, well three M three M just had that ear protection yeah yeah the, with the the, the the lawsuit against three M yeah yeah so they were lying about the protective level of that you know but don't worry all you prospective prospects the military <laughs> will take care of you don't worry right. Uh, speaking of pers- uh, perspective prospects, uh, our final story from the Associated Press. This is just in time for the upcoming draft. So uh, <laughs> the headline is no diploma, no problem. Navy again lowers requi- requirements as it struggles to meet recruitment goals. The U.S. Navy is starting to enlist individuals who didn't graduate from high school or get a GED. Marking the second time in about a year that the service has opened the door to lower-performing recruits as it struggles to meet enlistment goals. The decision follows a move in December 2022 to bring in a larger number of recruits who score very low on the Armed Services Qualification Test. Both are fairly rare steps that the other military services largely avoid or limit. Even though they are finding, they are all finding it increasingly difficult to attract a dwindling number of young people who can meet the military's physical, mental, and moral standards. Under the new plan, Navy recruits without an education credit will be, or credential, will be able to join as long as they score 50 or above on the qualification test, which is out of 99. The last (laughs) time the service took individuals without education credentials was in 2000. The other services have largely balked at such changes. So, I don't know. I think the, uh, the very next step, though, is is they have to open up the, the old school Shanghai tunnels under bars, you know? Portland had it. Freaking North Carolina had it. Remember, like, all way back in the day, 
people would get drunk in bars close to ports and they would just get kidnapped and wake up fucking <laughs> three the, days out the, the ship. <laughs> yeah, they're like, welcome to the streets. I mean, welcome aboard. <laughs> well, that's the next step, man. I mean, if you go back to if you go back to Vietnam era, maybe it was even before, but that was when judges could go, hey, you either go to jail or you go enlist. Yeah. You know, go to war or go to jail. We've all sung that cadence. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like, because there are, on one hand, um, it's a desperation move. On the other hand, I've known a lot of guys who didn't graduate, who were very smart dudes, right? Oh, yeah. You know? And not graduating doesn't necessarily mean, hey, I was too dumb and I flunked out. You know, it could be, hey, there was a gang who bullied me, or there was, uh, you know, my teacher came on to me, so I dropped out. You know, there's a number of reasons why they didn't finish high school or GED. And it doesn't always mean that they're dumb. Now, there are dumb ones, right? There are dumb guys, right? Most of the time, it means they're dumb. <laughs> and that's where and this the is going to bite them in the ass. Sure, you're going gonna, gonna to be able to find a few shiny rocks and the, you know, well, pebbles, but. But I, I don't know. Can you see a connection of the dots of, um, we did that story where, um, like I, foreigners, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call them, who can come in and they can serve and get citizenship, right? Yeah. This seems like hand in glove with that kind of policy. Like, oh, you don't have a GED? You have a green card? Come in and you do four years and you can be a citizen after that. Puerto, I, I think that was a big for Puerto Ricans, mainly. Puerto Ricans, Guamanians, uh, Samoans. I think I, I knew guys who were all from there signed up in the army. And I don't know if citizenship was guaranteed them after that, but maybe it is. So maybe this is all all part of that but i don't know it just seems i guess i got to do something or draft i think what's the other one south korean was a shocker to me um they can join the air force um really yeah yeah do they get uh nationalized after they join the air force do they get i don't remember i i remember multiple times over there going oh yeah well, hey where are you from they're like here i'm from here and i'm like oh, oh really yeah huh you know i got i'm gonna look it up but yeah multiple times so the, well, they some guys goal, in the so Air Force. There's, there's a whole bunch of yeah. possibilities to that i mean vets are over in south korea hooking up with south korean women and boom they have a kid and the kid then has dual nationality and, uh, you know, the dad could have retired, stayed there. You know, any number yeah. of things could have happened. Uh, oh, that was a uh, uh, – damn, who was a comedian who said that? I, I can't remember who that comedian was. But he stood up. He's like, hey, I'm half Korean. I'm half American because my dad was in the Army. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's a good, real thing. That's a good line. Uh, yeah, you know, be between Koreans and Germans, right? <clears throat> that's how it was all during the Cold War. But – I don't know. I guess you. I guess you got to reach out to something. But yeah, I think they're they're missing the underlying argument with all this stuff about why people aren't joining. It's not that you're yeah, tapping the right population. I That's think, exactly it. I think there's many more factors that go into that. Not the least of which is that you know they do all those surveys with Gen Z and all that stuff, and they're like, hey, what. What would you think if there was a draft? I'm like, fuck that, right? You know, they, they don't want to serve it. But there's no, um, there's there's no uh, history of service necessarily, and there's no pull to service, especially when you when we've gone through the whole minimum wage argument that we've gone through over the last decade, or or maybe not that long, but that whole argument about living wage and stuff, and now you want to step in and take. Um, you know, an E one's pay. Shit, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you get at least you, hey, you get three hots and a cot. I mean, I mean that 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 appeals to a certain group, maybe the ones who dropped out of high school. Uh, but to the general populace of the young people, I don't think that. I mean, 
they don't want to work at uh, any fast food because it's beneath them. I mean, what, what is the military going to be to that? So, yeah, well, I mean, there, there's more to it. But, yeah, I, I, you're definitely right in that. Like, Just everything that's been going on has been fucking with this uh, military recruiting thing. And I don't think that hiring in people without high school diplomas or GEDs is going to solve their issue. They need to solve the overarching issue of why people aren't joining to begin with. Sure. And they're not joining because they don't want to they don't want to go to war for some bullshit they don't believe in. I agree. And, you know, yeah. Going back all the way to Vietnam, you know, it's the war thing has been hard to sell and we continue to go to wars over That's, stupid shit. And you got Congress coming out right now. I mean, what was his name? Uh, Schumer saying that, hey, you know, if we don't give Ukraine money yeah. today, then your kids will be fighting in Ukraine, you know, two years from now. No one's going right. to like it. It's like, dude, like you guys are missing the whole point of this whole shit. You know, that's it. That's a. That's a really yeah. intuitive point that you brought up about Vietnam because we we can all read the history books and we can all study about what the populace was, why we were in Vietnam in the first place, why it was just kind of a, a worthless, you know, the, the populace saw it as why are we there? And then the, then the institution of the draft to get people over there. Um, and you fast forward through 20 years of being in Afghanistan and Iraq, pulling out of Iraq, giving them all our equipment and why the hell did we have three soldiers die a couple of weeks ago. What are they doing there? What are we doing yeah. anywhere? And so as if there's one thing that, that all the independent news stuff has come out and the internet has enabled is to ask these questions. Like, why are we over there at all? You know, yeah. why do we have these posts everywhere? There's no, there's no point in them anymore. Um, well, and is is there any tangible gain for that country, right? Is that country yeah, going to be right. better off yeah. Yeah. after the war or better off after our, sure, you know, influence? And I think, you know, not. I, I think growing up, I was always, you know, gung-ho, not knowing all, all, all this other information that was out there, right? Um, yeah. But yeah. I think it's good that it's out there and the, and the young people are like, I don't want to join an organization that's just going to send me off to something that doesn't make any sense to have a Senate minor, majority leader threaten that I'll have to go fight in Ukraine for what? Not for America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, none of this stuff is for us. Yeah. It's all for political influence. So I think they're seeing for, that. Um, I mean, just to be low pay food stamps. Sure. Live in toxic environments, you know, right? We just got done talking about that. <laughs> right. We we also discussed prior to this the retirement program. It's a 401k, but it's based off of like what? 4% of your base oh, pay. It's, it's yeah, right, right. Right? So like 4% of a thousand bucks a month or 2000 bucks a month. It's not the two anything. biggest incentives are VA loan and education. That's it. Really, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you can't and and that could strike a chord with a lot of the younger generation, because the younger generation, like my daughter, is like, I don't know how the hell we're going to buy a house. You know, when minimum house prices for decent places to live are approaching 300 grand. You know, yeah, you could get something somewhere else, not in Colorado, unless you go way out east Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or way out west Colorado. But you're not going to get, you know, 150 grand starter house. You got to go to Nebraska or Kansas or something like that. But yeah. then you go there, you're not going to earn the salary. So that may appeal to that younger generation like, oh, I can buy something with nothing down for four years of my time. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I don't have to graduate high school. All right. All right. Now we, if now they can lock talking. in a VA loan interest rate at like 1%. Right. That would, that would solve a lot of the bullshit going on right now. And then sure. I bet people would sign up to get that benefit. Um, uh, you know, we were always lucky because we, uh, we worked in an environment that had uh, a TS clearance. Once you obtain that TS yeah. clearance, that was that Easy was street. money in the bank, right? You know, with contractors, that's money in the bank. Is all they need you to have is that TS clearance. That was worth as much as a VA VA loan. But yeah, you go we, in and 
you know, to to one of these shots to, you know, Swabby. <laughs> no, man. That's tough. We, we that brought that tough up one. the other day in that, you know, they're, being a contractor, you never know when the funding's going to run out or whatever. You know, it's, it's the pros and cons of working right. for the government as a contractor. But we've got that benefit of space nerds in that, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, in Colorado Springs, they're always looking for us. Everybody's you know? looking for you. Right. So as right. soon as the contract's up and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? No, don't yeah, worry. Fine. Somebody yeah, wait to yeah. flip your badge for the next one. I, I, that's I, exactly I, it. I went to a, a, I applied to a, did I tell this story before? I applied to a Raytheon job. And they're like, hey, uh, okay, we'll, we're going to interview you. And I did a phone interview. Uh, and I was like, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily know uh, how to write requirements. I, I can contribute to writing, but I've never written requirements on my own. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we're not even necessarily considering you for that job. Uh, there's three others jobs that we're considering you for. And I was like, what? And they just, they're just, they're hiring the clearance. Yeah. They'll teach yeah. you whatever they want you to know, but they're hiring the clearance. So that yeah. was the benefit that we had. Um, but yeah, some of the, some of these other things, it's like, well, it still is going to appeal. It's like, it's, it's like the boxing game, right? It still is going to appeal to those who are really, down and out, you can build yourself up through the military. Well, and to, to a certain yeah. degree, but with, with this specific article referring to the Navy, I don't think they're going to get their return on investment. You know, just to be able to tick a number up, the training delta between someone who can't, right. who can't write a simple, you know, three-page paper to graduate from high school um, or, you know, any other variety of things, like you finish high school, it's kind of like, you know, getting a, a degree, you know, you show that you can finish a program and you pick up these various skills that matter in the bigger scheme of things, you know, being able to do math, put together a sentence that makes Perhaps. sense, Perhaps. all that kind of stuff. And when you're doing this, I mean, it's, as soon as these floodgates open and people do start coming in the door. Uh, they're just not going to get the return on their investment. And then the people that are, that they're hiring, they're going to hire for two to four year enlistments. A lot of them are just going to cause problems. Well, sure. Um, well, and that's part of the, that's also part of the military's problem right now is not necessarily hiring or not only hiring people, but retention, the retention. Yeah. Sucks. The retention's an issue. Right. Uh, because people know, Hey, I can come in, I can punch in for four years. I get out, I get, all my benefits and you know, I'm good. That's, that's, and that's, a, that's exactly the reason why they have those benefits, but to try to get them to go further, you know, that's a tough one. So I don't know. Uh, it's funny. Cause I, I took the tack as I knew a lot of good guys who never graduated and they were competent. And Mike took the tack as anybody who doesn't graduate is a moron. <laughs> <laughs> They can't even put a sentence together. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't say anybody. There, there well, are going to okay. be a, a few shiny but, pebbles. Because yeah. security forces will take them all. So you know, and they'll and, trade and them up. You know, how many years does the Navy need them for? Right, four yeah, and done. Right. right just right. fine. Yeah. Are they two and done? They freaking make it to one or two deployments. And that's all it's worth to us. Fine. Well, you and, and you also have the risk of you sign a guy up who, for whatever reason, he didn't graduate, he didn't get a GED. Is that guy going to necessarily, I mean, if he couldn't comply with the requirements to get a high school diploma or a GED, is he going to be a good fit in a military environment? Well, and yeah. well, you get into this. I mean, some people are you just dealt a shitty hand in life, right? Like, there's, they, they, they just, it's it sucks and uh yeah. I'm, there's there's going to be some people that go in in the military and do this and they're again they're going to be your shiny rocks they're going to come out and they're going to be like oh man my life actually has a vector now and i've got a, i've got something to grasp onto and i don't want to fuck this up because it's getting me it's going to take me somewhere yeah. and you're going to have yeah. those guys that grab onto that bull and run with it um, get them out of that environment you and far between and when i look at it in reality yeah um 
I don't know. It reminds me of a story. I had a I had a soldier. We were in an assembly area, and we didn't have any chemical test kits, right? And this guy, he was a specialist. He was an E four. He's a great guy. He's a he was a earnest, you know, hardworking guy. But he wasn't the smartest guy in the world, right? And I was like, Maloney, I need you to run over there to Bravo Battery and see if they have any test kits. Ask Captain, I don't know, it's Captain Jones, I think his name was. Ask Captain Jones if he has any test kits so we can run. So he ran off. He ran, right? Because we didn't have comms set up. So he ran. He came back like half an hour later. I was like, Maloney, do they have any, they have any of those test kits? And he goes, oh, I forgot to ask him. And he, he took off and he ran again. I was like, Dude, he ran over there, ran back, and then why? Why'd you run over there in the first place? <laughs> so, you might be getting that guy, you know, which is I, I love the guy. I mean, he was so he was so, like I said, earnest and hardworking, but he just wasn't that bright, man. But he was he was you couldn't help it. You couldn't help it. He would run forever if you told him to run forever. Just don't tell him to do a task at the end of that. So yeah, yeah. maybe that's what you get into the navy. I don't know. There you go. Uh, anyway, uh, on that note, I think we're at end up, guys. Um, you guys have any, any? I was going to try to do a recap. I was thinking of doing a recap. What did we learn today? Yeah. Oh. But I'm not sure if we're there. I don't know if we'd learn anything we, today, really. We didn't have a chance to do any. Uh, I want those mid shift conversation stuff. Well, yeah. we had one Not Look, this it, week, it, it, that turned like, into a that like Mike yeah. said that last week was definitely a midship conversation. That was a good one. Well, yeah, you, like we got to have someone that's gonna that's gonna get pissed. That's that's part <laughs> that's part of the fun of the midship. You got to take the your other heels side. On something. Yeah, we whatever you want, I'll take the other side. I'm good. I'll do that. Yeah, that's true. You are a very good contrarian. That's true. <laughs> Mike is a correctarian. You're a contrarian. Ah. <laughs> uh, I just want you all to get along. So don't um, play it off. But it is it is interesting because Eric Eric believes what he hears on the news. Mike takes the position of the higher ups because he was a weapons guy and stuff. He <laughs> likes to support that. Jake is a revolutionary. He doesn't believe anything he's ever told. And <laughs> I don't know. I gotta be more of a puppet master, maybe. I don't know. I I just want you to prove it. And not not just in writing, prove that's it true. Actions, and there's there's nothing worse than having Jake do something for you when he goes, okay, <laughs> you know he's not fully on board with I'll what do you it, just told him. Let's do it. Come on, <laughs> I'll follow. He will, but he'll be judging you the whole way. So yeah. On behalf of all of us here, I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. I'm just going to do it by myself. We're not going to do a group thing. And make sure next week that you are not late for changeover. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, that, that, so you're relieved of that. So you can tell your friend that change is gone. We've tried it. I've tried it for too, for too long now. We can't get it together. Yeah. Oh, man, thanks for the week. And I'll see you next week. All right, we'll catch you later, guys.